0: Skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shut your soul and seal your doom to night. Snoopy, sculpty skeletons, speak with such a screeching. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shrieking. Okay, so this is episode 49, Matsapasta. I'm gonna just uh you know, I'm I'm coming in, I'm coming in hot and fast. Hot, wet and wild, fast, American uh, summer. We need to, I'm not even going to, you know, this is the first time I've come into an episode and I'm just like, we need to get this shit because something funny happened. We tried recording like two weeks ago, and now we're actually recording this after the 50th special, which wasn't originally intended, but now this is what's happening, and uh, I need people to listen to what our original intro was so we can explain what was going on. I want to watch, I I didn't watch the trailer for Mindhunter. Like, the sequel to Mindhunters? No, Mindhunter
1: by Fincher. Fincher's oh, Netflix series coming yeah,
0: out. Yeah, no, I didn't watch that either.
1: And everybody's, like,
0: going off about it. Mm. Did you watch the trailer uh, Michael Fassbender is hunting down um, a guy who kills people and puts them in snowmen? It's called, like, Mr. Snowman. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I saw the trailer and I'm like, it's like what the <laughs> fuck is this <laughs> It's called, shit? like, Let It Snow. Let It Snow, Let It Snow. So what was Mother like? I didn't watch the trailer. Uh, I don't it's... watch
1: horror movie trailers often. That's why.
0: No, it's just, you know, it's the average Aronofsky, you know, you remember the really uncomfortable parts of Black Swan? Yeah. With, like, the body horror and shit? Mm-hmm. It's not like that. It's, li- it's all atmospheric this time around. Really? Which, which Black Swan does get into a little bit, but, um, it's Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. just kind of walk around the empty house. Looks intense. Kind of like it. They're making an LBJ movie? <laughs> cool i guess <laughs> that is a
1: horror movie isn't it <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god fucking
0: thor ragnarok don't even get me fucking started it looks so good i can't wait i think i've watched the it trailer like every day for the past like week now
1: i watched a new one i, I don't know i didn't like it as much the Out- new trailer outside of personal research but like i'm not as whoa, 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 whoa. hold the phone. They're fucking bringing back flatliners yeah Oh Jesus! Why?
0: And it doesn't look great. Cause
1: that movie needed a fucking reboot. Who is
0: it? It's Juno and a bunch of other unknowns. Yeah, it looked like and M- they're H. like, yep, and they're just like, like, oh, this is fun. We're learning things from death, and then it's like Final Destination, where it's just like, shouldn't have death. All right, here we go. Let's Original Flatliners. got a six point six out of ten. Keithers
1: Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts. Have you seen the original Flatland? Uh, A long time ago. It's pretty good. I don't know why they really want to bring it back for some reason. This one. Nino Dobrev. Yogo Luna, the guy from uh, I do like Life. Him.
0: Yeah. And Ellen Page. Diego is also uh, Rogue One. And, oh, was he? And uh, yeah, Elysium. Yeah. I do like Diego. <laughs> Fucking Elysium. I liked Elysium. I liked it too, but a lot of people fucking hate it. Yeah. Because it was too, like, fuck you with your social standards and classes and Whoa. Shit. Bloodfather 2016, Mel Gibson.
1: <laughs> he's Hell already, yes. He's
0: already blood daddy to a lot of people. <laughs> but like, not the Jews. <laughs> like, why is he fucking back?
1: Fucking, Mel no Gibson, stop. Nobody asked for you to return.
0: Well, well he, at least... At least Hi guys! Actions, Thank right? you for
1: tuning in. To lots of pata, pot- spooky, spooky whippo. Pena Alla spook.
0: Pena Alla spooky. <laughs> God damn it! I'm your host, Admiral Life. <laughs> I was gonna say Admiral Jack Bar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you see that guy over there? It's a trap. <laughs> Yo, check out my fucking arms, though, dude. Fucking pumping iron every single day of the week. Like big old lobster hands, but they're just, like, noodly fingers at the end. <laughs> Check it. Ooh! Fucking A. I'm taking down the Death Star. That's when Admiral Ackbar jumped out into his own ship and took down the Death Star. Many people think Luke did it. Not true. No. It was, it was Admiral Jackbar. <laughs> Admiral Jackbar. Oh, man. You know, if you ever get missed out on this show, that should be his name. Admiral... No. Yeah.
0: No. No. <laughs> You didn't see his name? No. I already have a name for him and someone else that haven't, hasn't- Oh! Oh, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, what were we talking about
0: that, Mac? So now that you listened to the original intro to this episode, something crazy happened. I was getting a little buzzed. We were getting excited. I was getting excited. I wanted to introduce someone who hasn't been on the show yet uh, to my friend here, Terry. And, uh, next thing you know, drink goes all over my laptop. And it just fucking happened. And it just fucking <laughs> oh, spilled all oh, over oh, the laptop. I and it. I had fucking ice cubes all over my laptop. Immediately, just shut it down. Tried air in out. Rest in peace, old, ten-year-old MacBook. Because, I mean, it's okay. It It still works. Just not well so i finally i put it I, I took it out to pasture oh like old yeller and you put a bullet inside which is ironic because uh the stories i saved to you uh for you today are uh, are something i want to talk to you about oh yeah so uh we haven't really talked about it on the show i recently had you watch two of my uh what I would say favorite horror films of the last couple years, I would say last like five or so years, uh, the VHS series. Oh, I had you watch VHS I you were one. Talk about something else entirely. Oh, we're gonna get there. I, th- VH- I was just like, what other horror films have we watched? <laughs> VHS we watched one and VHS two, and let's let's you know you and me both, audience. Let's not just let's just not mention VHS viral. Let's just forget it ever happened. It yeah. happened. We watched VHS 1, and then, like, a couple weeks later, we watched VHS 2. Um, I fucking loved them. I thought you thought they were okay. I liked 1 more than 2. Yeah. 2 <laughs> two had some
1: good scenes. Yeah. Uh, 2 had a bigger one, budget. 1 had, I don't know, the thing with 1, though, is the horror stories seemed more real. Or not even real, but just, like had a bigger terror concept to them in the sense that like watching it is like this is kind of terrifying I, the shaky camera the way it all worked it was more horror i guess i don't know the best way of putting and it. it and it
0: wasn't quite gimmicky it, it, it didn't quite know what it was yet it was really weird it was just weird like all those different segments in the first one are just all over the place and by the time you finish it you're just like what the fuck did i just watch mm-hmm you're just like what was the what was the overarching narrative what was the point of those little stories and i think what gets me um i do i don't know which one i like more part part of me always wants to say i like vhs 2 more than vhs 1 but you're right it does some things that it's a little too self-aware of what it's trying to do so i can't necessarily say that i like 2 more than 1 cuz 1 was just Simple, straightforward, and just ran with all the concepts and let it happen. But then you get clips like... Like, two... G- Gareth Edwards' piece in uh, the second one. Um, in the... I think it's like a Taiwan cult. Yeah, is some like, Taiwanese is just, are like... It's just the coolest fucking clip mm. in either of those movies. And it's just so much fun to watch that one. And you're just like, shit, this guy went on to direct... Um, I think it's the guy who directed The Raid. Both The Raid Redemption movies, which are crazy. Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans. Chris Evans. Whoa, I see what you... Yeah, Gareth Evans, the guy who did The Raid and The Raid 2, which are some of the coolest fighting martial arts fucking movies you'll ever see. Crazy good fighting choreography in those. That's where the original, I mean... Not Ip Man original, but Ip Man, whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> so I know, uh, if, I know where you belong. Ip right Man now. always got um, an ong Bok. Were always really fucking uh, popular for those long corridor single shot fight scenes. The Raid takes that up a notch okay. and goes goes hard with it. And I think that's what I like so much about that segment in VHS too. Is it, it kind of emulates that notion of handicam bullshit. My I mean my only gripe with VHS
1: 2 is the case of like yeah everything was a huge step up but everything felt less horror more of like especially that one just almost comedy in some of them. Yes, but there was, was a horror element. It was like black. terrifying to see some shit happen it what's but considered it was like black comedy. I mean the whole demon part, hell like even the ending. Da da. Like that yeah, part it in itself. <laughs> Papa. Takes away the whole, like... Doesn't it take away
0: from the entire, like, 11 minutes you just watched?
1: And it's funny, because the first scene, the Adam Wingard one, you're like, oh, I don't care for this one. And that one, to me, was the freakiest one. Yeah.
0: Because it was yeah. Wingard. Wingard, you know, he he knows what to make you uncomfortable, and he knows what you're watching for, and... Oh, I no, that would... love Blair Witch, dude. No,
1: it's not the Wingard one, though. The, uh, one that he stars in. The first one in yeah. VHS 2. Oh, that's his?
0: Yeah. That's him. He, he wrote. He directed. Sorry. He directed that one. Any he, any he handy filmed the entire thing. That's cool. that's him. For those who are watching or have watched VHS two, that is director Adam Wingard of VHS one and two, You're Next, and Blair Witch, and The Guest. And like, dude is so good at making movies. Well I was saying The new Death called? Note. Yeah. The new Death Note comes out like next week. Yeah. So, yeah. Fucking excited, yeah. Yeah. so fucking yeah. excited, bro. So fucking excited. Horror
1: yeah. animes. Uh, supposedly uh, the writers to Death Note came out and said it's. they applauded it. Yeah. They said it was actually really good they, for an adaptation. Because they're
0: able to do what the audiences aren't, which is differentiate ourselves from an adaptation that takes place in the West as opposed to the original animes and Japanese adaptations that take place. Animes? In-
1: mayonnaise
0: <laughs> manimes <laughs> <laughs> just an anime about like a mayonnaise samurai like it could like, exist like, it would to, like, exist i have no doubt it would come out of family. the works. so what i you know you're probably not gonna like me for bringing this up i have to bring it up because that's kind of the point of this episode yeah, you're gonna bring up I'm the putting, dog one i'm putting you on the fucking spot because guess what we're gonna read a bunch of pet related stories uh, on this episode uh. I want to see your heart break a little bit uh, with every story uh, we read tonight. I mean, we read the so, one the we watched, Doors one. Yeah, Doors. That's true. We did read Doors on your episode. Um, I think that's episode 9 or episode 11 for listeners. Like it wasn't they, your first episode. I think it was the your second, second one episode. Because so, I think Lacey Morgan was involved in that one. Yeah, I believe it was. So we're good. God damn it. So we, we watched VHS 2 and... Everyone who's seen it, spoilers for those who haven't, but fucking watch it, you know? I shouldn't have to spoil this shit. The movie's, like, five years old. Um, that alien segment, it's one of my favorites because it's, its it hurts to watch. It's filmed, believably, like idiots, idiot kids on YouTube. We were idiot kids on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I could relate heavily to that piece. And the aliens were just creepy. The way they just pepper them throughout the beginning couple minutes, and then they... F- Full-on go alien trick explosions at the end, and like people being sucked up into ships and shit. But again, saddest part of the fucking thing: dog, dog just fucking like dies at the end. At least, maybe not dies, but dies like eventually after the clip takes place. Because that that fucking Yorkie fell out of a goddamn alien ship and like. Hit the ground like a sack of fucking potatoes, and you just hear it whine. Such a good dog actor, um, he just fucking yeah, lays there. Played by Michael he, Cera. Yeah, he just lays there, and he's like, "Why don't people like my movies?" And uh, he maybe I should keep growing this mustache. I'm gonna keep doing indie things. People notice me. I'm different. So he he's like laying there, and he's fucking whining, and I just turn to Terry, and I'm just like. I had this big smile on my face, and he's like, I don't like this anymore. So here we are, episode 49, before the great two-part 50th episode special that we're doing. I don't think I've talked about it still. I think I've kept it relatively under wraps. Got a good two-parter up for you guys next week, starting next week at least. Um, But this episode, I think we're just going to call it, like, Life of Pets, not starring Kevin Hart. Boy. So... We're reading a bunch of spoops and stories with my man, Terry the Tickler, about That's Pines and Kevin Heartless. No. <laughs> Yo! Yo! Nice. I Goofy, like Sora, <laughs> and Donald Duck. Wow! <laughs> that sounded exactly like Donald. So, it's like <laughs> I'm right here playing KH right now, and you're not healing me like you're supposed to. So, like, gosh, Donald... It's just a fucking flesh sack on the ground, whipping its legs around. (laughs) God damn, something John Carpenter would have dreamed. Oh, easily. Okay, so you and I get very emotional about our pets. They're like our best friends. I know a lot of people who love their pets, but I think the most broken I've ever seen you as a human being was when you lose like a pet close to you, Mm -hmm. and as you know, I lost you know i lost my cat last year you lost the cat mhm uh, it's ugh, pets man pets are just fucking great i hope i hope these stories uh, can help us tap into that life like you know quality of dealing with terrifying things related to your pets cuz nothing is more terrifying than like something happening to your cherished little cinnamon bun too good for this world cinnamon So, I don't think this one actually has anything to do with a cat. I just noticed that a cat is being mentioned a lot. So, this might actually have nothing to do with a cat, but it's still... It's a soft open to the episode, people. This one's from Reddit No Sleep. It's called... So, uh... There's something weird underneath about...
1: There's something weird about my refrigerator. You leave everything I just said in.
0: okay. So, uh, there, be there, there's something right there. about, um, dude, uh, about my refrigerator. I, uh,
1: saw my refrigerator, opened it up, went to go get a Freezy Pop, and there were no more Freezy Pops. That's, that's it. T-
0: that's terrifying.
1: That's the story. <laughs> it's terrifying and weird. I went in to get an orange Freezy Pop, and it was only grape left, and I'm uh, like, who shit. the hell likes the grape Don't ones? Don't you hate that. Really, no, it's the worst with freeze pops because, like... You eat all the blue ones, then you eat all the red ones, and then you're like, okay, I can deal with the orange ones, and then you're like, great, grape's all that's left. <laughs> and to anyone out there, they're probably like, man, I love grape.
0: I love the grape ones. They don't taste
1: like medicine at all. Like, zoinks. God damn it. Fucking read the story. Read! <laughs> Alright. So, uh, there's something weird about my refrigerator. Or, no. Terry. Five. God damn it! The first thing I noticed about it was my cat. She started lying in front of my refrigerator, staring through the inch and a half space between the bottom of the fridge and the floor. At first, it was just sort of cute and funny. She <laughs> goofy was underneath. Go your kitty. Oh boy! God damn it! So yeah, it was uh, sort of cute and funny. She was often there staring, but then she began staying there for most of the day. She appeared as though she was in a trance, just staring at the dark gap underneath the refrigerator. I tried calling her. I'd bring her out her favorite food and offer it to her. Nothing. She stayed in a trance, unflinching. You know, it's funny. Just uh, put a quick pause there. With uh, cats, I always make this joke the my cat at home, he'll just stare at nothing. My mom will like, ask, she's like, what the hell is he always looking at? And I'm like, you know, cats could see into the other side. And she just looks at me and I'm like, It's a shame nobody knows that I'm quoting Constantine right
0: now. True. I would also I would also even go even further and say like a little bit of Neil Gaiman whole line. Cats yeah, see other dimensions and shit. Alright, alright, alright. She'd stay in that trance, unflinching. We're
1: back to the story, by the way. Sometimes for hours. I was always wondering, what does she see under there? Insects, maybe? I don't know. Or maybe there was a breeze blown out from under it. Sort of hypnotizing her? It became a weird thing. What was it about the fridge that made her behave that way? Then the refrigerator started doing other weird things. Progressively weirder. Like
0: Voting. Oh, let's not even mention how we lost the election. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> so I suck in fridges. So it started doing other weird things, progressively
1: weirder. First, the inside light would only turn on about half the time I opened the door. Well, replace the light bulb, you dingus. Right. Then the refrigerator door started slamming shut for no apparent reason. Well,
0: gravity's the thing.
1: Yeah, like, don't put heavy shit in the door. And it just kept getting worse. I we'll would put fresh fruit, food in the fridge at night. When I took the food out in the morning, it was rotting and looked like it had been left in there for months. I carefully put in a carton of <laughs> carefully put in a carton of eggs, but by the morning, every egg had been cracked and became a chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was leaking. One more egg. mess I just wake up and I
0: opened my fridge and there's seven chickens.
1: One morning, I woke up and every item in the fridge had frozen solid, hard as a rock, as though the temperature in there was minus 50 overnight. All these strange things seem to only happen at night in the dark. During the day, it was a regular refrigerator.
0: Vampire refrigerator. Oh. Werewolf refrigerator. Oh, I'm a
1: fridge that's been in this house for twenty thousand years. that's a long time.
0: I'm from the time <laughs> Mr. Wine Mouth! <laughs> oh.
1: It. <laughs> I rationalized all these examples as faulty technology... What? Okay. Faulty technology. My whole fridge is frozen. It's you, faulty. You gotta understand.
0: People are stupid. They will rationalize the most evil shit right in front of them to the point where it kills them. I like our president. <laughs> oh,
1: topical humor. I now know... <laughs> Uh, I don't know how that sounds I guess I, I learned just how far the human brain will go to try and make sense of the world around it well you know that sentence just kind of summed up everything we just yeah. said there to cling to a false sense of oh wow it's just like answering it for us now You're, this story's haunted <laughs> but then something happened that made me face the fact that something far worse was occurring I was lying in bed in the middle of the night listening to my print CDs. Mm -hmm. My apartment wasn't quite pitch black, but was very dark. I woke to something, and I sat up quickly in my bed. I had a faint recollection of hearing the sound of a glass or jar being placed roughly on a counter. I listened carefully. Silence. The sound was that woke me up had stopped. Then I heard from the kitchen the slow, creaky sound of the refrigerator door closing. I don't really know how, if that's nice. a refrigerator door to some uh, people, but anyone yeah. with a quiet thump. This is the first time that I considered a scale of how weird the whole refrigerator situation was. Did I really hear that? Or was I partly dreaming, not fully awake? Now, once again, you live in an apartment.
0: Yeah.
1: Just call your landlord, dummy. Give me new refrigerator months haunted. Oh yeah, that's third one this week. I'll uh, <laughs> get a Jeffy up there. Hey, what up, it's me, uh, Jeffy. I'm here to replace your haunted fridge. Um, uh, the priest is here. He's gonna, he's gonna throw some holy water all over the grounds.
0: Santos
1: Taviros! He's, uh, he does what he has to. He, uh, it, whatever you just heard come out of the background there, that, that's the Sephiroth theme. <laughs> he, uh, he's into Final Fantasy. <laughs> Big time. so... My cat was lying in my bed beside me, looking unconcerned. I lied awake for hours, but eventually convinced myself this was all imagination. I fell asleep. When I woke in the morning, I walked in the kitchen, and I immediately had to accept just how real this situation was. That this couldn't be weird technological problems any longer. That either someone else was involved, or this was supernatural now. I don't know supernatural jokes, so I can't make them ass Ask, but... Haha, ha. I did it for you. I'm Angel Man. Eat holy water, <laughs> ass butt. Did you just throw a <laughs> Molotov at my brother? Yeah, dude.
0: What up? Serve something. An you have no idea how accurate that is the character of Castiel. <laughs> he would just show up and be like, I'm Angel Man. <laughs> throw, like, throw something at a demon. It's <laughs> exactly what we he drive around in cool
1: car. What up? You that's know. like the that's we're the stars being hush the, of the ghost show. That's that's, pretty much that's it. Every uh every uh every woman in a five mile radius is now ovular. <laughs> because of us <laughs> It's true. Sorry.
0: Uh supernatural fans. I'm I've watched every episode. I love Supernatural, but I, I also understand it's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, all the items inside my refrigerator are now in my kitchen counter, leftover Tupperware containers, a carton of milk, various sauces and condiments, cheese slices, Arby's, juices, vegetables, everything, even my petroleum jelly. When did I, get there? Mm. I opened the refrigerator door and looked inside. Nothing. It looked immaculately clean. Scrubbed. Polished. I closed the door, brushed all my spoiled items off the counters, into the garbage cans. Brought the garbage out, got in my car, went to work, I did my job, I ignored what happened. By the end of the day, I convinced myself that most of this was just in my mind. Then things got even worse. I started to find vegan items inside my fridge. Oh, Jesus and fucking And I was Christ. just like, come on, man. Almond milk. I don't like almond milk. At least it wasn't silly.
0: Oh, Ugh. Oh, Ugh. Oh, Here on Milk Review. <laughs>
1: I had a nice 1989. (laughs) It was quite chunky. It It tasted terrible. (laughs) Don't let your milk age that long. It's a terrible idea. I remember getting home from work and feeling okay about things. Nothing was wrong. I was convinced that this was just my imagination. Run amok. I even fell asleep at some point, but then I woke up terrified for no apparent reason. Had I had a nightmare? Look beside me. My cat was frozen in her usual trance. This was immediately strange. She was in her trance in a bedroom. Not in front of the fridge in the kitchen. What could this mean? She's staring out the bedroom doorway towards the kitchen. Even though things were really dark, I stretched my knit beside the bed and tried to look, tried to peer in towards the kitchen. There we go. Saw the shadowy outline of the refrigerator. <laughs> Nothing appeared out of the ordinary. But then I saw someone in an in inch and a half gap under the fridge. Eyes staring at me. And these were not the tiny eyes of a rodent or something. No, these were humans. Human. Which was impossible. It was only an inch and a half between the food f- and the fridge. It's impossible. Don't it be eyes that large look to me? They never had barely enough room for eyes themselves. I a mighty time been hit. But yet, they were there. Staring right at me and they eventually blinked shut. I couldn't see them any longer.
0: <clears> Here, <throat> yeah.
1: gave myself a really bad joke. I'm gonna hold that one off because it's pretty racist
0: oh shit <laughs> <laughs> that's all you had to say and I made uh, sense in my head I'm gonna keep that in there because we didn't say it we only alluded to it <laughs> I couldn't see them any longer I don't <laughs> I had one last bout
1: that I saw a row of white teeth and shit. I do I had one last bout in denial I started thinking I didn't even see them at all forgive me I know, but I still try to consider all my all of this my imagination. I turned the lights on and closed the bedroom door, I lied in my room, scared. My cat still just stared in the kitchen, unmoving. I don't know how many hours passed, but I eventually fell asleep again. I woke with a start some point later in the night. It was pitch black. The lights had been turned off. Oh. I lied in my bed, looking around the room for a moment, waiting for my eyes to adjust. As they did, I noticed the shadowy, shadowy image of someone standing at the foot of my bed, right in front of the bedroom door. I had no idea what to make of it at first. Only about five feet tall, wider than, seemed natural. My eyes, wait a minute, continued adjusting. This wasn't a person at all. Far too box-like and rectangular. It was my refrigerator. It was in the bedroom. It was both comical, and terrifying, all at the same time. I gasped and rolled in the opposite direction of my bed. My sight was still trying to adjust. The refrigerator wasn't moving; it was standing firm, right in front of the bedroom door and light switch. My only way to turn the light or get out of the room was to physically move the refrigerator out of the way. Behind me was a window. Small. No way to slip through it. Or smashing it without smashing it. Those were my choices: smash the window or physically move that refrigerator in almost pitch blackness. I opted for neither. I was going to wait on the other side of the bed all night. Then I heard the meow. From inside the fridge, my cat, she started hissing and running around inside, bumping into the sides. Something else was in there with her. I couldn't help but think this was a trap for me and my cat was the bait. I didn't have the courage to approach I left her in there. I hated myself for it, but it, it's what I did. I sat in the near pitch black for what I estimate as three hours, hiding on the other side of my bed, staring at the refrigerator, hearing the meows and hisses. The fridge never moved. I remember all that weird things happened that night in the darkness. I had to wait this out for daylight those hours felt like weeks started feeling like the sun would never come up then i noticed a light glow in the sky it was near dawn my room slowly filled with light no longer in the darkness it began to not feel so scary eventually i approached the fridge i opened the door expecting worse but my cat casually just jumped out she actually looked completely fine she walked to her bowl and calmly ate nothing inside the fridge looked out of the ordinary I grabbed it and moved it a few inches away from the door everything was okay my cat was okay i was okay I left my apartment and immediately called in sick for work. I called my friend who has the pickup truck, told him my refrigerator broke and I need some help disposing of it. We brought it to the closest dump and got rid of it. I no longer have a fridge. I'm living off ice cubes now from the local store. I likely, I'll i likely never get another one. I've thought about it. Do I really need one? Things started getting normal again. My cat seemed fine. The whole refrigerator thing seemed part of my imagination and maybe didn't even really happen. I finally started sleeping normal hours again. I was getting over it, but then I noticed something strange last night, just before going to bed. My cat appeared in trance, staring at the gap underneath my oven.
0: Interesting. I gotta admit, like, even as soon as, like, the eyes under my fridge, like, even that was just, like, shit. Like, that's kind of creepy to imagine, because I don't know if you've ever dealt with it, but I know, um, my... Dad's house had mice, and he recently got two new kittens after their oldest cat died last year, Um, actually a couple months ago, and they got new cats, I would say, in March or April, and these two things are just, you know, balls of energy, but they're just these moments where they, you know, I would walk downstairs in the middle of the night to get something to drink, and I would go into the kitchen, and I would nearly trip over one of them, because one of them was just sitting there, staring underneath the fridge, I mean, we used to have mice problems, so that's what I justified it Mm -hmm. as, but even something as simple as, like, the gap underneath that fridge was huge. Mm -hmm. It was one of those, like, old, huge fridges that just had, like, the inch or two buffer at the bottom, and he had to put, like, a piece of cardboard there so the cats wouldn't try reaching under for shit, but um, just imagining, like, walking down there and seeing eyes underneath my fridge, you know, I'd, I'd probably shit. Just right there on top of the cat. We probably had to put a piece of cardboard under so we don't get to his uh, secret stash of Hot Pockets. Probably. Mm-hmm. My dad was very serious about his Hot Pockets.
1: You know, looking at that next story right there, for him, it's kind of funny that it's he's really, in a relationship it's, now. That's
0: why I saved it for him. We can't talk about it yet. It's 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 a couple episodes away. Oh, I don't like that title. So this one, it's paragraph long. It's from the other side Tumblr, Toast. I'm just going to read this real quick, because this is what it made me think of. Uh, The Paper Thin Woman. Short, sweet, to the point. The Paper Thin Woman from Toast. It had been a week since my colleague stopped coming to work without leave. When I went to his place to check on him, I found him lying on his bed, hiding under the covers. I asked what was wrong, and he replied, that woman over there says I mustn't go out. I looked at where he pointed. Then I saw on the narrow crevice, only a few centimeters wide between the fridge and the wall, a long-haired, paper-thin woman staring at us. It's fucking terrifying to imagine. Like Part, part of me thinks of, like, mama, but, like, squished. And how fucking terrifying squished. that was. Squished. Squished. Squishity'd ramp. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> blast from the past right there. Um, ramp Yeah, it's, it's good. I like, you know, uh, I like stories that kind of contextually... Leave that up for a minute. I want to I see where this one
1: goes. Alright, this next one's called My Neighbor, just to throw it out there real quick. From Toast. Toast. I went outside to put, put rubbish out this morning. At the front door I met my neighbor who said... Good morning to me. I told her, good morning too. It was only when I had gone back inside that I remembered that my neighbor committed suicide a week ago.
0: Bum, bum, bum. Next pet story. My dog was lost for three days. What came back wasn't my dog. Speaking of... uh, It was my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of... So... I don't know what the
1: app's name is called, so I won't say it, because uh, I don't know it. So it's like we're not throwing an ad out to them. Okay. But did you hear about this app? You've probably seen it on YouTube a couple times, the ad, that there's an app that has like Horror Story text logs.
0: Yeah. Um, I do forget what it's called, though.
1: We're yeah, that's it. That's really it. all I had to say.
0: Yeah. I, I hate, saw it the I one hate, day, and you I'm know, like... I'm, I'm trying to like look up a funny YouTube video at like 4 o'clock in the morning before I go to sleep. And it always comes on with, like, creepy baby music or something. And I'm just like, get the fuck out of here.
1: Oh, yeah. They're, I don't mean that. Usually to... the ones that keep popping up are the, like, hey, is your mom coming home? Uh, she's outside. Quick, get in the basement. What? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. What the one the I see constantly
0: up? is like, great date tonight. What are you talking about? We had a great time. Thanks for taking me out. I've been home alone all night. Bum, bum, bum. Oh. And then the baby one is like... "It's Oh, baby's got a the nose This baby's blade. got a, a bloody nose. It's just a bloody nose, babe. It happens to kids all the time. I'm sure the parents will understand. The parents won't understand. The parents are super weird. This baby's staring at me, something weird. now I, I, I'm starting to hear things around the house. Bum, 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 bum. I ordered a pizza Down 30 minutes ago and it didn't come yet. Download her app. I'm watching porn. (coughs) Pornhub. My dog was lost for three days. What came back wasn't my dog. It was Paul Rubens. From Reddit No Sleep. (laughs) daddy. (laughs) As a kid, I was raised (laughs) in a small fishing community on the eastern side of Canada, surrounded by the Gulf of St. Lawrence and the Boreal boreal Forest. Boreal, though? <laughs> okay! <laughs> but excuse me. <laughs> uh, okay. The entirety of the land was close to 4,000 foot. Squ- fucking Canadians and how they write shit. The entirety of the land was close to 4,000 foot square with an even smaller number of reven- residents. Revenants? Revenants. Revenants! Leonardo. Revenants! Leonardo. Sprawled out over main street the main road running straight through our little town and farming houses spread widely Between areas of trees that were changed to domestic Residential homes when agriculture stopped being profitable in total our community is surrounded by a vast expanse of ocean And a seemingly endless barrage of trees that spread over 55% of Canada's entire country I spent most of my life hunting in those woods, so you can imagine my joy when my parents got me a hunting dog. Hello. Sandy was a Shetland sheepdog, and while they were more fit to be in herding and tracking sheep over the grassy plains rather than rabbits and deer through a dense forest, it didn't stop me from taking him with me on every excursion I possibly could. Sandy had been by my side for enough hunting trips that he'd grown accustomed to waking up just before the breaking daylight, and on a few occasions helped track down small game like squirrels and rabbits through considerably large areas of forest. Sandy wasn't my property, and wasn't treated like he belongs to me. Sandy was a member of the family, my best companion, and my truest friend. I think fondly back on all the times he'd sit in front of the seat of the truck without being told, ready to go for a walk in whatever part of the forest I took him to. I can honestly say that there will never be a dog that will fill the void Sandy left in my life. I find that dog lovers relate to that sentiment more than others.
1: Mm.
0: Old man Doodle. He's so fucking old. Yeah. By the time this comes out, he's probably to be dead. Ha! delete that so it doesn't (sighs) timestamp so sad it was October 30th the first day of deer hunting season I had been talking with my family about taking Sandy, my hunting gear and some essentials to one of the cabins my grandfather owned in his heyday off an unmarked road a few hundred miles into the wilderness for a few days This was met with a lot of protesting, but nothing could stop me from getting in some time looking for wild game in an area that wasn't already picked clean by illegal hunters earlier on in the month. Everything was packed into the old blue Ford, Sandy included, and a few hours of driving later, we were setting up camp in one of my grandfather's secluded old cabins. Here's where things got fucked up. Sandy, I'm so, so sorry. I spent most of the time of my life being in the wilderness. There were only a handful of times that things had gotten weird for me, but usually everything can be explained with scientific reason. That's why I'd brushed off Sandy's weirdness on the first few nights, chalking it up to the nervousness of a dog that's capable of hearing the far-off noises of various coyotes, wolves, bears, and moose. This was untouched territory, of course. There had been plenty of time for wildlife to set up camp here, too. The first night was fairly normal. I had set up Sandy's bed in the corner of the living room next to the TV that looked like it came out of the early 90s. I figured I'd give Sandy the option to have some place to lie down for a while, despite the fact that he slept curled up with me 9 out of 10 times. Close to 10 at night, Sandy looked straight at the wooden door and whined. I figured he needed to piss and opened the door to let him out, not worried about having my best friend stray too far from me. Instead, he just sat inside the door looking out at the forest's edge beyond the path. I too stood and looked for a few minutes before deciding he just heard an errant critter close to the cabin. The rest of the night was fairly normal, and Sandy slept with me fine. The second night, I chalked the weirdness up to Sandy's stress. Earlier in the day, we had been walking a few miles through the woods beyond the house, and I thought I heard the sound of twigs cracking under something heavy. I hoped it wasn't a moose because my shotgun wouldn't have stood a chance, but something changed in Sandy that I didn't pay close attention to at the time. He hunched himself on his hind legs, his front pressed close to the ground, his mouth pulled up over his teeth and he growled towards nothingness. I figured we'd try hunting again later if whatever it was had left, and should he be feeling up to it, but once we were inside he didn't want to move. Even when I tried to get him to go outside and do his business, he sat at the door and cried, wailing at me to let me know. He didn't want to go out there. I didn't pressure him. If he pissed on the floor, so be it. Sandy never acted up before. I could excuse an accident or two if he really didn't want to be out there. It must have been a bear, I thought, before locking the door and calling in a night. The third night is where things went to hell, and I still don't fully understand what happened. Sandy didn't need all day. I managed to shoot a rabbit in the early morning when Sandy decided he didn't want to be outside any longer than he had to, and retired inside for the day. I cooked it up, threw it on a little gravy, and gave it to my dog. I didn't do this all the time, but I figured now was a special occasion and maybe a treat would put him in a better mood for another walk the next day. Sandy didn't touch it. He didn't so much as sniff at it. Instead he sat on the side of the couch, watching the door intently. I tucked him under one of my arms and he laid his head on my lap. I still locked in the door. Close to three hours of watching grainy VHS tapes on an outdated television set, Sandy started crying, hugging himself close to my body. This is where my judgment took me down the wrong path for the first time of many.
1: It might sound silly, being my dog's protector rather than my dog being mine, but this was my family. I figured there was something out there that was scaring Sandy so bad that it's my job to do something about it. I loaded my
0: 4.10. <laughs>
1: yeah, bang bang. I opened the door and stood in the doorway and waited. I must have at least must have oh, I missed the waited there. Must have waited at least a half hour staring at nothing. There was barely any sound, save for the faint buzz of insects and leaves rustling in the cold autumn wind. Moose aren't elegant creatures. And if it were a moose, I would have heard it coming. Around the forty-minute mark, Sandy took off like a shot, into the darkness of the trees beyond the path, barking wildly. I started to get worried, despite my knowledge that my dog is not entirely helpless in the wilderness. There were still bigger animals that would have liked to take a bite out of him. There wasn't a lot of food for the winter. I heard Sandy's bark fade away in the distance and then stop altogether. All I could hear was <laughs> That'd be really concerning. I waited hours standing in the door with my shotgun
0: cocked. Cock. And. <laughs> I, waited <to> put <laughs> I, I waited hours standing in the door with my cock shotgunned. What? or <laughs> to put down
1: whatever it was that was waiting in the woods. I waited hours for Sandy to come back to the house. I waited until the sun was cracking through the trees, and I waited until that night, sitting on my porch step, feigning off sleep deprivation to see my dog come back. Sandy did come back But not for another three days Fog had rolled in at this point And it was getting darker The night painting the sky navy blue Tracking over the last few days proved futile And I started to get worried that I need to leave And find more provisions to last me in the next few nights Just leave? Go home? Then I couldn't leave Sandy up there Lost in the woods, cold and probably hungry The thought Oh, okay, the dog's still gone at this point Cold and probably hungry, the thought that he might be waiting out there for me to find him bring him back home was distressing enough. I was packing the bag that hung on the coat rack next to me with what I need for the next day's trip. I figured tomorrow would be the last day before i go into town and see if my father would help me find Sandy. He was a retired, grain man, but it, I was sure if i brought up Sandy's name he'd be more than willing to help me search for him. Thankfully, Sandy came back before I'd even finished a train of thought. I saw him from the window on the path that led down to the main road, a few dozen feet away from the house. Normally, I'd hear him scamper to the doorway and paw at the door a few times, eager to come in, but this was different. I could still see the reflection of his eyes as green pearls in the murky fog that had swamped the house. For a moment, I thought it might be an animal, but the outline of his body, in a wisp of the thick, low-lying clouds, was unmistakable. Still, despite myself, I hesitated. There was something different about his body language stared out the window for a few more moments before reason overcame my gut instinct. Sandy could be hurt, I thought, or worse. I flung the doorway open, but he didn't come right away. Instead, he stood there, watching me sun- <clears throat> intently. And when he didn't move, I whistled to him, Here, Sandy. Hey, baby. I coaxed him towards the house, Here, boy. I pulled the peanut butter out and I slathered it on my balls. God
0: damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he came running. Let me tell you, when these boys are out, that boy's in. <laughs> he moved it was different. It was as though his hips <laughs> his hips don't lie. Had been oh dislocated and the angle of his paws changed direction with every step, as though he forgotten how to walk properly. His head was bowed to the ground, but his teeth weren't bare. He didn't seem aggressive. The only way I could describe the look he gave me was sheepish, like he got into something he wasn't supposed to, and I yelled at him for it. I thought he might hurt himself hopping up onto the steps, dislocate his hips, but he did just fine. His back half swung a little, oddly enough, and his paws almost folded underneath himself, but he didn't go sprawling. He sat on the step and didn't take his look off of me. It wasn't until I had moved from the doorway completely, opened the door wide, and waited for him to walk in that he moved. Straight to his bed. He didn't stop at my hand and sniff at me. He didn't wait for pets or jump on me like he used to. It was straight to his bed where he sat and watched me for quite some time afterwards. Getting a thing vibe. Mhm. I returned to the movie at hand. I called him a few times, but he didn't respond. His ears didn't so much as raise the sound of my voice or the part of my hand on the worn-out couch beside me. I missed my buddy, but I wasn't about to move him physically towards me. There was something about him that said I shouldn't have let him in, but I chalked it up to silliness. After a few hours later, I went to bed. The more I think back on it, I don't recall him blinking once. He sat there like a statue, and when I turned off the light, I could still see the reflection of Jade Green following
0: me as I went into my room and shut the door. I could have sworn I heard him walk in the night, the sound of nails clicking against the wooden floor coming up to the door of my room, but they were slow and deliberate. They weren't like the quickness of Sandy realizing I'd gone to bed and coming to curl up. I heard the noises stop outside of my bedroom, but I didn't hear his whine. I thought nothing of it and fell into a deep sleep. When I woke in the morning, I figured it must have been a dream. Sandy was still sitting. In the upright position I left him in when I went to bed. It was as though he didn't move a muscle the entire night, and when I said good morning, he didn't so much as wag his tail. He did follow me into the kitchen, but he paused at the doorway when I put his bowl down on the floor and filled it up with supermarket dog food. Once again, his back half moved weirdly as he slowly made his way towards me. There was a nagging feeling that something was off-putting about the way he looked that day. It was like he had gotten a little bit longer... Overnight. Long cat is long. Sandy hunched (laughs) down again, like when he was walking to the door the night before. He didn't come into the kitchen. I figured he must have been hungry being out in the wild for so long, but he eyed me like he was waiting for me to come a little closer rather than touch the food. It goes without saying, but after a few moments of a staring contest between me and my unblinking dog, I called off the foolishness and called his name out loudly. Not even a flinch. I didn't want to move closer to my dog to leave the kitchen door, but this was my Sandy, and the most damage he'd ever done was eat flies. Sure enough, as I passed him, he turned, and his body swayed unnaturally, but he didn't move towards me. When I left that day, I couldn't find anything. The deer tracks in the mud were made a few days prior and went cold off naturally and made trails through the woods. I couldn't hear bugs or birds or even the howl of a nearby coyote. The only sounds for miles away from the campsite were my own breathing and the sound of crunching leaves underneath my feet. When the sun started to set, I started making my way back, but I should have just packed my shit and left. Just behind a cluster of trees with a house just visible beyond the rise, I figured I found out the reason why the animals had abandoned this place. Generally when there are mass animal deaths, that usually means that something is wrong in the area of the slaughter and the wildlife are usually smart enough to get the hell out dodge. Even cats are bred instinctively not to like drinking water from an area that is close to where the food is. Because if you saw a dead animal close to the stream, you'd figure the stream was tainted and find another source of water. Hundreds of squirrels were disemboweled and strewn across the grass in an almost perfect circle. Most of them were skinned alive, but when I turned to heave up all the contents of my stomach, there were a few dozen that were inside out. I couldn't help but vomit repeatedly as I tried my best to walk around the circle of tiny organs and mashed up bodies, not just over the sight, but just because the smell was ungodly. I didn't know how long they'd been out there, but if I'd stumbled across this sooner, I'd have left with Sandy and tow immediately after. Gradually, the bodies stopped and delved off into a random dead squirrel here and there. The biggest thing I managed to find just a few feet off the unholy feeding ground was a deer. It looked as though something had decided to skin it alive from the hide to neck and draped some sort of skin over a branch like someone was tanning the hide. I don't know how long it had been there, but it smelled like it had been dead for quite some time despite the fact that there wasn't a single fucking fly. The head had been cut off just clean above the shoulders, and when I realized the organs had been removed, I moved from a walking pace through the forest to a jog. Thankfully, the cabin wasn't too far off. I heaved one final time, wiped my mouth off on the back of my sleeve, and looked up to the house to see Sandy, watching me from the window. I tried to reason with myself, and tell myself Sandy's odd behavior could have been trauma. I know it's stupid to think of it now, but at the time, it was only a reasonable explanation I had to keep myself from going insane. The elongating body could have just been the loneliness getting to me. Sandy had realized that there was something up with the place, and the second he noticed it, I should have taken this warning and taken off back to town. Once the door was shut behind me, I started packing the food and essentials back into boxes, moving quickly to try and get my things into the truck before night came. It'd be dangerous to try and maneuver my way through the trails at night, as the hills off Kelly's Mountain were steep, and in pitch darkness, with my only companion being my headlights, it would have been easy to slide off a ravine and never be heard from again. I didn't want to stay one more night, but I had no choice. I'd gotten back to the house just moments before the sun finally receded past the horizon and we were bathed in a navy blue sky once again. I didn't pay attention to Sandy. He just sat at his bed and watched me pack. I figured no harm, no foul. I'd throw his stuff in the truck in the morning and we'd be back. we'd be back in town before night the next day. Glancing at him for just a moment, it was a passing thought that he was looking a little longer today and when I went to bed it was hard time getting to sleep for the next few hours. It must have been close to 4 or 5 in the morning when I heard it. The sound of whistling. The same whistle I used to call my dog. I broke out into a cold sweat when I realized that whoever slaughtered those squirrels hung the skin up left what he didn't need could have very well broken into my house. The door to my room didn't make a sound as I opened it slowly, thankfully. I waited a moment listening to someone call for my dog for a few more seconds before I dared poke my head out from the door frame to get a good look at whoever it was that could have hurt Sandy. The outside door was open. All I saw was the back half of Sandy, too long and lanky, almost coiled around the back of the door. His front half was outside. Whatever it was that had impersonated my dog, it was whistling slowly, calling for Sandy when i could have sworn that it had hunched down to the ground again and said in the most ungodly voice i'd ever fucking heard i closed the door just as softly as i'd opened it i don't know how long i waited with my back pressed up against the door i knew i left my gun in the bag on the coat rack i know i didn't sleep i waited until i saw the sun break over the horizon and then i waited some more until it must have been midday And I finally got the balls to open the door again and make a break for the truck. I wouldn't die in that place. Sandy was gone. And the door was open. His food was untouched, the fridge was open, and all the meat was gone. I didn't bother packing his stuff, I just threw my bag over my shoulder, made my way to the Ford as fast as I could, and turned on the ignition. I can't describe the feeling that overcame me as soon as I realized that I had to leave Sandy in this place. The thought that he could be dead was never a thought in my mind. I don't think I could cope with the knowledge that whatever I allowed in my house, whatever disemboweled those animals, could have done the same with him. I made my way down the winding paths and roads as fast as I possibly could without veering off the cliffs. I felt like I was turning in circles down this labyrinth that would take me back to the house, but when I reached the pavement on the stretch of road back to town, I felt relief wash over me, thinking I was safe. Just as I was pulling off onto the cement, I felt something hard hit the back windshield, sending broken glass into the passenger seat. I only got a glimpse of the deer's decapitated head catching on unbroken glass and tumbling into the back seat. I cried for most of the way home, hands clenching the steering wheel so hard my knuckles were white. I wish I could leave this off with a positive note. I wish I could tell you that I found Sandy at home waiting for me. I wish I could tell you that that was the end of it, a traumatizing experience in the woods that I'll get over with time. Last night, I found it hard to sleep. I kept replaying the entirety of my trip to Kelly's Mountain in my head. I figured I wouldn't be sleeping for a while and laid there, listening to the wind through my open window. I could have sworn I heard the whistle I used to call my dog with, coming from the forest's edge. If you go on trips with your dog, I advise that you don't let them out of your sight for too long. What comes back might not be your dog. Alright. I got some, like, Goatman vibes. I got some John Carpenter vibes. I like, um, I like changelings. Mm -hmm. Is what I find myself, you know, growing accustomed to. The more I think about, um, what terrifies me the most out of, uh, stories we read is usually, like, you beginning to trust something that looks a little off, and then, like, right when you trust it, it, like, flips the script on you, and next thing you know, like, the entire trust that you've put into the story has just been upheaved in the last, like, second, and you're just like, shit, where did this just go? But that's, you know, that's that's usually what interests me so much about some of these stories. We got one more pet story I want to get before we uh, end the episode. It's another no-sleep story. Um, This one had a really long title, so I just knocked it down to a single sentence. Because you know how no-sleep stories, they'll just have like a paragraph title, so people feel compelled to click on it and read it. This one's actual title is, I've had my dog since the day I was born, all 31 years. Yeah, I know that sounds impossible to you, but last night he passed away, and four hours later a group of people showed up in my yard. That sounds reasonable. Fucking 31 year old dog. <laughs> old man doogle, um, Keep on Dougan. I'm an old dog.
1: <laughs> but this old dog can learn some new tricks. Airbud. <laughs> back from the grave. <laughs> Shit.
0: Rise from your grave. I watched that. Fucking altered beast. <laughs> That's also, uh they used that in the last podcast really. yeah. the last podcast theme song always starts with rise from your grave <laughs> okay <laughs> okay now that I'm writing this I can see how strange it is that my I've had my dog for almost 31 years I don't know why I'm
1: going German <laughs> for some reason but when you live with something every day of your life it's kind of normal you know I mean, sure it crossed my mind here and there, and I'm like hey, how come you know Snoop is still smoking these days? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how come Snoop is 20, 24 26 years old? I never gave it extensive thought. Good nutrition, daily exercise. That's why I'd say move on it wasn't impossible, right? D.O. Double G's always been with me since day one. <laughs> Oh man, sneakety diggity, ow. Shit. <laughs> it's always been with me since day one. I was born on August 10th, 1985, and my parents got him on August 9th, about 12 hours before he was born. They wanted me to grow up loving animals, so they got me a best friend from the start. He was the best dog in the world, and I know everyone says that about their animal, but mine really was. He did my taxes,
0: mm-hmm. he, uh, he mowed my lawn, he even married me and my wife. He, he's an ordained minister. He, he is a saint. In all, in all rights,
1: he saved my marriage. There came a point where we couldn't do it, and he came in, and you know, a couple barks later, there we are, happy. <laughs> you bow know, wow, bow wow! 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 <laughs> wow! You did it. You saved my life. <laughs> bow wow! Bow wow! Wow! He never left my side, and I took him everywhere I could. I even brought him to the U.S. Oh, okay. When I moved here from... Try to not say it as racist as possible. Monte Negro. Okay. Some of my ex-girlfriends weren't thrilled that I was so close with Snoop. But since he's my buddy from that day, I earned this world. He was always my priority. Not only was Snoop always available for infinite cuddles and 24-7 Game of Fetch... Game of Fetch, Game of Thrones. Oh uh, <laughs> he always got me out of a few strange situations. I remember one day about 19 nineteen nineteen, twenty years ago. I'm forgetting that the dog's really old, so like this time stamp is really old. Could I was, you imagine
0: a dog 31 years old?
1: Think of that in dog years. That's like a 100 a year old person. 200 essentially
0: 200 years old in dog years. 217. 217 years. Sounds like someone's walking around I hate this house
1: for that reason. It's great. I remember one day about 19, 20 years ago, I was mowing the lawn outside my parents' house and a man walked up to me, wore a black suit and a nice hat. He looked legit to 11 year old me was dr. dre i'm here to pick up your dog they made the best album in the world the chronic (laughs) he talked to me about store store (laughs) store for some reason i gotta make this like a boston point he talked to me about star wars which i loved obsessively he told me that he had a huge figurine collection even had a Jawa with the
0: vinyl cape. Oh, the vinyl cape that costs like three grand now. You'll get three grand oh, of that vinyl cape. baby. That's was Ken banned. is original. Ken is original.
1: That was parked just down the street. Normal looking man. Star Wars toys equaled me throwing everything parents drilled in my brain about strangers
0: right out the window. Stranger, Stranger danger? No way. Done. Don't care. Star Wars. He's got it. He's got the Boba Fett with the missile. Oh, it launches right out. He got the dual Luke lightsabers and everything. You know, you should give a shout out to your... You know, your papa. My dad
1: still has his original counters. I know. But I remember him, I remember the day on Facebook when I tagged you in that, and you tagged your dad, and all he said to me was, oh man, I used to own the uh, Luke with the retractable lightsaber, but I hated
0: him, so I cut him off. Thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> He really, he, he hated how the arms were just, like, straight and stupid. He was like, I didn't like how it looked, and the whole telescopic blade just didn't make sense to me, so I cut him off. And those are worth, like, $5,000. Yeah, worth a lot of money now. I
1: was watching Pawn Stars once, and uh, somebody brought in the Boba Fett that shoots the missile. And the guy's like, I don't want $150,000 for this. And I'm like... What?
0: <laughs> what? I don't even
1: think it's worth that much. Now. No, it's not. I think it's like fifteen. Think I think it's I, I would, yeah. I would it's probably, easily I would it's it like thousands, 10. but not like <laughs>
0: that's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> They're like, let me call in a guy. Let, let me tell you, course. you never you never know what's gonna come through that door. I was about three feet away from entering this man's van when he turned to me, his face pale as a ghost. He then violently turned back around, ran into his van, and sped away like a man, man without saying so much as a word. I stood there, confused for a second, and when I shrugged and turned to go back home, I saw i saw Snoop standing right behind me. He didn't bark, but he still must have scared the nice gentleman who was going to show me his toy collection. I was mad at Snoop for startling the man, but he was my best buddy, so I forgave him right away. Let me think if I can remember more situations where Snoop helped me. Oh yeah, I remember a strange one when I was 19 or 20 went camping with a couple of buddies my friend brought his dog Sandy along Mm -hmm. you know beers lots of meat to grow that kind of deal (laughs) lots of meat (laughs) meat I love steaks he deflated right there (laughs) of course I took my dog with me everyone loved him and he loved woods as well not them, just the woods. Last night at camping, my buddies went to look for some wood to light a fire, and I went on a stroll to the river. Snoop was sleeping in my tent, so I didn't take him. He was such a good dog. I was never afraid of him running away. When I got to the river, I was getting pretty dark, and then a man approached me talking about Star Wars toys. <laughs> he
0: just wanted me to come down to his van
1: by the river! Oh, wait, actually, this is where that's going, almost. I got close to the water to see if I could gauge how deep it was, and I heard... Footsteps behind me. I turned and saw this maybe eleven or twelve year old little girl standing behind. Me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but now I was going to do a joke and I can't because it's terrible because it's going to be a lot of cutting out, cutting out, cutting out, cutting out, <laughs> cutting out. Okay. When I got to the river, it was pretty dark. I got close to the water to see if I could gauge how deep it was. I'd say about fifty feet. And it's <laughs> really fucking deep. Yeah, I know. I'm Steps behind me. I turned and saw this maybe 11 or 12 year old girl stand behind me She's kind of out of place looking wearing a nice black dress in the middle of the woods Okay, so there's a motif going on I asked her if she was lost and she told me that she was apparently she wandered away from her parents tent That was filled with Star Wars toys So I helped her look basically just following her around the forest Just when I started thinking that I may end up having to call forest rangers She turned to me with a smile and said that she could see her family tent in distance. All right, this is getting weirder now. We walked up to a large black tent, I thought was empty because well, it was perfectly quiet. I also, I assumed her parents were out there looking for her. However, when she opened the tent, I saw a man and a woman sitting inside and smiling at us. I thought it was very strange that they were all so inappropriately dressed for camping. The man what looked like wearing what looked like a black sport coat, dark turtleneck, and black jeans, and a woman with a long black cocktail dress sitting on the ground. When a kid got inside the tent, the man finally spoke up in a cheerful voice, insisted that I get in and have a drink with them, since I found their daughter and they were so worried about her. Although I found everything kind of odd, I went for it. Hey, I was never good at saying no, right? Remember, as I stepped inside the tent, I heard whining behind me. Snoop stood about five feet away, whining and looked very disturbed. I've never seen him act like that. I stepped out of the tent, and as I walked towards Snoop, I heard a man yell for me to come back inside. I still chose my dog as I always do. When I kneeled by Snoop, I thought it was weird that I couldn't hear a thing coming from the tent or that none of them would come out. All this was a bit too much for me. So I just yelled that I had to go back to my camp and my dog and I left. Snoop started wagging his tail as soon as we were walking away and I was happy that my best friend was cheerful once again.
0: Part of me wants to say that, like, this dog is some kind of guardian angel or something and these uh, these black draped figures are like different visages of death trying to just fucking take this kid and the dog is literally just like you can't have him <laughs> like I will not let you take this poor sweet child he's um uh, he's McRuff the <laughs> Grind Dog take a blade out of
1: crime that's <laughs> <laughs> Another time a few years back, I was driving around town with Snoop in the passenger seat smoking a blunt. yeah That was kind of our thing. I remember how to let him look out the window as we passed the world. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, just because of the dog's name being Snoop. Snoop! Started getting dark, so I turned and headed home. Here we go, here's where it happens. When we near our house, I noticed a car parked on the side of the road with all lights off and smoke coming from under the hood. In front of it stood this girl, dare I say attractive girl. Dare I say? Dare I say attractive, attractive girl, girl. Well. well I barely noticed because she was in a dress, was dressed in black and it was already so dark. I didn't know much about cars, but I felt inclined to help. So I pulled over, Snoop became very restless, jumping from seat to the floor and back. I told him to relax and got out of the car, leaving him aside. Hey relax trying to get it in. I'm trying to get it in, Snoop. Don't you want me to get it in, Snoop? You man. <laughs> Snoopy-dooby-doo. The girl seemed very... My name's versatile. Charlie,
0: by the way. <laughs> God damn
1: it. The girl seemed very relieved that I pulled over. I told her I didn't know much about cars. Well, I knew nothing about them. But I had had some flares to give her so she would at least be visible to other drivers she thanked me as I handed her the equipment she asked me to take a look under the hood anyways and again despite me being terrible at cars I had a hard
0: time saying no plus the girl was really good looking take a look under her hood if, oh. I, if you, know what <laughs> you know I'm yeah. saying I'm saying I'm going to look at her vehicle and try to help her out in some unfortunate yeah situation. and I love
1: reading the red hood comics cause he's so cool and edgy like me straight edge you know the best part about straight-edge people is like the one conversation you can do to destroy them is say, well you drank a soda before right? Yeah, well it has caffeine in it, that's the most, you know, addictive substance in the world. It
0: destroys their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All the straight-edge people listening to this is like, I really know that ain't true. Just pissing off all the straight-edge and all the rat thumbs today. Yeah, we're good. And all the
1: pet lovers. As I got close to their car, Snoop started acting really strange. He was now transforming into that of a demon but also an angel. <laughs> He's now scratching at the window and whining. I told the girl wait a second before because I wanted to let my dog out. She grabbed my hand and asked just to take a look at her engine first. Again, I put stupid in front of everyone else. So I just smiled walked back to my car and opened the door. He jumped out so quickly I thought he heard himself. He's already over 24 years old and his joints weren't what they used to be. When I turned my attention back to the girl, I was really surprised to see her driving away. <laughs> but the hood still lit. <laughs>
0: smoke coming out of it. <laughs> It exploded down the road and I was like, ah, oh, she's fine.
1: Huh, I thought. I guess she fixed it, whatever. I didn't give it much thought, really. I just picked up my flares, got back in the car with Snoop wagging his tail right next to me. This <laughs> dog is fucking perfect. Finally, and I'm starting to notice a pattern here that I that I write this. Last strange situation I can remember happened about a year ago. Snoop was feeling a bit under the weather. I mean he was almost thirty after all. So we're just hanging out in, in our front yard. We live in a quiet suburb where nothing happens. Kids were riding bikes on the street. And my best bud and I relaxed by the blow-up pool in the yard. I heard a loud crash shoot followed by crying coming from the street. When I looked up, I saw a kid crying by his bike. I walked out on the street leaving a stoop in the yard, since he wasn't feeling well. He was whining. But I wanted to quickly check on the kid. I asked the boy if he was okay, and he rolled up his blank pants to show me his bleeding knee. I saw that his dark shirt was also torn up in a few places. He asked me, so I told him, you know, could he take off your shirt? We'll
0: mm-hmm. you wash it for you, kid. You might as, well, might as well take off the pants. You might as well take a shower. You might as well take off the pants,
1: too. He asked me if I could take him home. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. This gets quick. A few drinks first, baby. Mm-hmm. I walked with him, and when we got in front of his house, he asked me to come in. Wow, this
0: kid. Yeah, moving real fast.
1: I'm not the one to enter strangers' houses, especially if a kid. So I thanked him and started walking away. Then the door opened; his mom came out. She was dressed in a black dress, accompanied by a very nice smile, warm, inviting face. She begged me to come in and have some
0: freshly made lemonade, which I love. I can't say no. Her way, to way of thanking this is where me. Uh, if I didn't die at the attractive woman with the car, I died with the lemonade. You know, that's that's the. Her right. way of
1: thanking me for helping her kid. I was reluctant, but I caved in. She seemed so nice. As I was climbing the steps to the door, I heard a large, large, loud barking behind me. I turned around and saw Snoop standing in the street. He, he almost never barked. It was strange because my fence was at least 4 feet tall my dog could never jump over it. And then when I saw that his belly was bleeding, all scraped from what I figured was him jumping over the fence. I always thought that was too high for him. As I started walking towards him, the kid grabbed my hand. He asked me again to come inside called by his mom, who was now basically begging me to come in and try a fresh lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I chose my buddy over strangers. Well, yeah, fuck them. The dog's like hurt. Yeah. So I apologized, let go of the kid's hand, and walked my hurt buddy home as the door slammed behind us. Snoop was so happy, even though he was hurt. Snoop passed away yesterday evening. He died in my lap while I was gently scratching him behind his right ear. His favorite. I didn't want to cry while he was taking his last breaths because I wanted to be strong for him show him that it was okay to let go. Once his belly stopped moving and New Day left me I broke down. I cried harder than my than when my grandma grandpa died. Harder than ever in my life really. I knew that this day was coming that I wasn't ready for. Almost thirty one years, man. Barried Steam in my yard last night. Some people may find that strange, but he was my best friend. In indescribably big part of my life and I couldn't just give him away to be buried or cremated. Who knows where? I had trouble sleeping last night, I was tossing and turning for hours, when the clock hit 4am I knew sleep wasn't going to come. All I could think about was my best friend, now lying in the cold ground in front of my house, almost as if to check on him one more time to see if somehow miraculously woke up and was waiting for me. I got up to look at his final resting place. While I walked up to my second floor window, all the sadness and heartbreak I felt at that moment got instantly replaced with a horrifying wave of dread that struck my body. On his grave right in my yard stood 12, 13 people. They're looking up straight at me. You never expect to see someone standing in your yard in the middle of the night, especially not 13 people all dressed in black. And then another shock hit me. I recognized them. One by one, I knew them all. It took me a bit, but I did. I swear to you, I did know them. The kid on the bike and his mom. The child from the forest with her parents. The girl I stopped to help on the side of the road. Some people from different one-time situations from my past. But the one that nearly paralyzed me right there was the man—the same man who tried to get me into his van almost 20 years ago. He didn't look a second older than how I remembered him. Everyone else there I met in the U.S. The man, though—the man I met as a kid in Montenegro, 5,000 miles away—and he was standing in my yard looking at me. He didn't yell at me to come on out. Everyone else started motioning for me to come down. The kid and his mom, smiling. The broken car girl combing her hair, sending kisses. The camping family waving. They all wore the same clothes. I remember them wearing in the past. I pulled, I pulled, nearly tore actually the drapes closed. dialed 911. Seven or so minutes of dreadful silence later, police cars showed up. They didn't see anyone in the yard, but promised to keep looking around the neighborhood. I told them to go to the lady down the street's house. They said they would. I haven't heard anything from them yet. It's 11 a.m. I see lots of footprints in the grass of my yard, so this definitely isn't some grief caused halluc- hallucination. What do you guys think of all this? I'm not sort of oblivious idiot. I fully recognize the absurdity of this. I just have zero ideas of what's happening. These bizarre situations now consume my mind as I sit there, thinking of what to do next. I think I'll call my parents now. I wish I had my buddy next to me. Man.
0: I like that it doesn't explain anything. I want an explanation. Part of me thinks it's an other, le- other human thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Uh, Stephen King's Dreamcatcher had this way of uh, making, uh, this is probably going to sound insensitive, it's not, I don't mean this insensitively, Um, Dreamcatcher, for those Stephen King fans out there, I bring him up in nearly every episode, is about friends befriending a mentally impaired child who always seems to understand more than he lets on, but nonetheless, it's almost like he's suffering from some kind of disorder, like Down syndrome or autism. And they go their entire life with this guy, you know, uh, and he always seems, you know, just a little bit off, but, like, really kind, really sweet. And, you know, it's then revealed that he was, like, a completely otherworldly entity, and he had been protecting these kids their entire lives. So it's just, like, it's that kind of thing, where it's just, like, these were either ghostly demons of death trying to, you know, take another soul through these, you know, weird and ill-fitting circumstances where accidents could have happened. Mm -hmm. In the woods, on the road, you know, uh, abduction. Or it could have been, you know, conversely, same as Dreamcatcher fucking aliens and shit. You never know. But this dog was some kind of, like, eternal protector. And the fact that its life was so elongated, it stands to reason that maybe this dog was some kind of otherworldly Mm -hmm. being... You know, like an angel or some kind of, you know, monster itself. But you know, it had a it had a soft and kind heart. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. I liked that story. It was it was a good, touching little note to end on, because uh, pets—they're too good for us. They're too good for this world. Mm-hmm. Doggies, doggos, puppers—too uh, too sweet. Catters, caddos, <laughs> catters and caddos, meow meows. That's a thing now. Is it really? Caddos. Caddos. Yep. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, honestly. How'd you feel about this episode, Terry the Tickler? It's Kevin Artless. Kevin Artless. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good name. It's like a good rapper name. You, all know? Right. you know, you know, man, I'm uh, I'm all short, I'm a comedian, and I don't <laughs> understand <what laughs> on, Yeah,
1: and I don't understand. I'm from Billy. <laughs> it's good. But is it both of the stories I liked, but... They both kind of wanted... Left me with more.
0: They were some of the more restraint. Of like, that last one, like,
1: I, I don't know. I feel like it could use one more paragraph. to almost... Still play off, like, what the hell are the people. Yeah. But in the sense of, like... Obviously, he came to the realization at the end. He's like, oh, my dog was something. But at the same time, it's like, maybe give a... Maybe more... Or... A backstory part, just like the hint at more of who the fuck these people are. What the
0: purpose of the entire thing
1: was. Yeah, why, what's his, why, why what's is his he wanted?
0: Why is he wanted, one, and two, why did the dog die at 31. 31 instead of, like, an average age? It seems to have lived double what an original, you know, a normal dog would have lived. Mm-hmm. It's weird. 31 in itself as a number is the opposite of like a uh, you know 13 which is like a well-known uh, scary Spoopo number mm-hmm. so it's like maybe that's the whole turnaround there is that it's you know something above human circumstance and that's you know I think we got that with the story but you know it, it left a lot to be it left a lot to be answered for same with the, the prior one with Sandy it's just like
1: yeah like what what through to happen?
0: what through the head at the end, you know, was it, was it something, it seemed, you know, it was able to talk, it was able to whistle, but it was stretched and wearing the skin of his dog. So was it like, you know, part of me can only think of fucking regular show with the fucking deer guy running around, but it's just like, Something was wearing the skin of that animal and had the power to throw a fucking deer head at a truck and smash a window. You know, it's it's weird. It's weird stuff. And that's that's kind of the thing with no sleep. You never know what you're going to get. Man, that's no sleep. But I, I wouldn't mean, say they were bad stories. Yeah, no.
1: Like, yeah, does anyone, like, that's some changeling shit going on. Something assuming the skin of the animal and, like, coming into the home. The only part about it, I would say... That throws me off of it too. No. That was like,
0: why was it gone the next day? Well, chronologically, it they go to the cabin. It's acting weird for like three days. He it runs off. It runs off into the woods, barking at something, and then it stops. And he stays awake for like two days, waiting for it to come back. Mm-hmm. Three days, waiting for it to come back, and it comes back just as he's about to leave on the third day, and it acts weird for I think another two days. And he tries to leave on the third day after the night that something weird happens and as he's leaving something hits his car as he gets home it's weird
1: yeah because like the whole night before like as he's about to like you know the next day that he would get leaving and obviously sees He's thinking about going back to get his dad to come back and look for the dog and then obviously sandy shows up and isn't sandy as we know and then It's more that, like, last night, right before he leaves, where he he looks out, and all he sees are the legs, essentially, inside the house, and the rest of the body, like, stretched out. Mm -hmm. And then hears the whistling, and then hears the voice. It does play into the idea, then, of this thing is possibly a changeling that got into his... Or not even changeling, but something that got into his dog's body. And, yeah, let's use thing for it.
0: That would try to, like... So you're going with the idea that Sandy's alive and escaped the situation and it's trying to lure her back. That could be in, in, possible. In, in an idea, in an attempt to fully imitate the dog further. Because it it doesn't sound like it has it right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird things, though. There's a lot of weird things. Like, why would it be calling Sandy to the house if it already looked like Sandy? Mm-hmm. Convincing enough that the guy was like this is sandy but sandy a little bit off yeah based purely on mannerisms he never says that it doesn't look like sandy he says it looks like sandy but maybe a little bit starved and a little bit long that's mm-hmm. that's all he says a little bit long you know it's never descriptive enough to specifically say what's off but then it also but why like would it be saying sandy and whist- and doing the dog whistle if sandy wasn't alive right and then, so then what's the point of the hanging skin and shit? You yeah, know what's up animals? with the like demonic situation in the woods? Is it just trying to feed? Can it can it assume identities like a changeling, like a thing? And is it just trying to feed and do so? I don't know. You know, it's weird to even think about something having the power to throw a deer head through a car window. It's like it has to have arms, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be something. It's weird. It's weird. It's one of the weirder stories we've read. And it's just—it's weirder, or more in the sense of like, why didn't it do anything to him? Yeah, if it had three days alone with him, and he was out in the woods fucking around and putzing at night, and it had the power to do shit, why not pull something on him? Yeah, right. Like I like said, how restraint. did he make it
1: out of the situation? These stories
0: showed a surprising amount of restraint with where they were going. And I, and I, part of me loves that. And part of me is frustrated by that. Cause I want, I want just a little bit more to explain. I want things. a clarity. Like I want yeah. a moment. That's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. But I didn't find out, him. but ultimately I didn't yeah. hate him. And, and I hope you had a fun time on, on this episode. Um, next episode, next week, episode 50 and 51 special. Never thought we'd make it this far, but we did. I can't wait. Great. You got anything else to add before we end the episode?
1: Well, with a heavy heart, I I have to announce. See, that's like how all those stories were essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to you know, just to close out, I like the I like to bring up. Uh, that's it. Go out there
0: and shake a leg, y'all. Love your dogs. Love your cats. Yeah, cherish them. Cherish the time spent with your beautiful creatures. Even anything like rats or snacks. You no, know, got a little snack? Give it some snucky kisses. I am snack.
1: I am legend.
0: <laughs> now it's gonna make me sad because when Max dies and Will Smith cries, fucking chokes his German shepherds. is just sad.
1: Yeah, that movie doesn't follow the book.
0: <laughs> I'm just ending the episode. I'm ending the episode now. <laughs>